we we weren't thinking far enough ahead, but we found everybody <laughs> was saving these beers, black imperial IPA, but people are holding on to it, and it's, so I, I still have some. So it'd be interesting. I thought we could crack that because I thought you were talking about aged beers. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's that's cool. always a big and, conversation. And so what really made you transition from the black IPA? Wait, Jim, let's uh, let's do a little intro. And oh, we started oh, okay. off way hot on this. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> just just gonna start over if you want. No, no, no. <laughs> that was all recording. We just no, we're good. That'll be the uh, that'll be the hot take. Let's start <laughs> off the cold open. stumbled on into the tap takeover podcast it's so big like so big welcome back to the tap takeover podcast and uh, we're here for a very special interview with uh, a second interview with russ klish we're, we're bringing it all back around to the first episode the first interview that we ever did for the podcast so uh russ thanks for joining us again sure thanks for uh, for coming on over and uh, this is going to be instead of our, our typical brewery interview series this is going to be our cellar series we're going to take a walk through uh, russ's cellar we're going to do a little vertical of the black friday Thank i got you. a couple other little things okay <laughs> right. russ kind of challenged us at that very first episode and said you know if you guys ever want to come back and, and see what some beers taste like after a few years of aging and uh, we, we definitely wanted to take him up on that so here we are back at the brewery in preparation for the black friday event which is going to be two days from now you know it'll be in our rear view when this episode is actually published yeah this is going to be a really fun event uh, why don't you tell us about the the early black fridays and how it kind of changed between uh, the beer styles uh, leading into what we're currently going to be doing this coming friday all right yeah the, the original one was imperial black ipa india pale ale and uh, that was a very hot style back then and I, I thought we did it very well I thought people had it and in fact I still remember the time somebody dropped a case of it and it smashed and, and it was like the whole room smelled like hops <laughs> it was uh, more, it was one of those sensations or, or center, uh, sensory perceptions that, are, that you have that uh, you, you don't forget because it smelled so great even though we lost some bottles on that but so we knew we did a well job and a very good job of getting a, you know both bitterness and, and aroma and flavor into this beer but i also noticed that there was a lot of people aging it so we decided to change the recipe somewhat and make it more into a bourbon barrel aged because we went from imperial i think we did uh, see the imperial i gotta make sure i even read these late we you went did two it years the first two years first two years yeah we did the imperial uh, india style there and then we went and started to aging in, in bourbon barrels because we knew people were, were aging it in there so usually we we're using bourbon made it um more malty then we did hoppy, and so then we've been aging it in, in bourbon since then. And so we have that, and and, and so I, I'm interested. I never really have done the vertical before on these, so I'm excited to, to see how they have aged and how they've uh, how they've grown in, in, in taste and flavor. I'm, I'm curious to open, if you don't mind, let's start. Let's just start with the 12, because yeah. going okay. back to our first episode, you were the one that said, what are you doing holding on to these beers? <laughs> yeah. So now I'm curious to see what you actually taste when you go back and try these that you well, i'll tell you what let's let's maybe do a uh, a side by side with the 12 and the 13 we'll do the two black ipas side by side and see kind of how an extra year might have uh, might have changed those yeah <laughs> i'll have to say I, I was a little disappointed when i heard you were moving away from the black ipa because it was it was an awesome beer it really is it turns out you're a little uh preminiscent in catching the wave of the bourbon barrel aged stouts ahead of time yeah so we, we got that going uh we've done well we've you know I, I never really thought about it until this last 
year we went to FOBAP, and the fact we won our, our fourth medal there this past year, and, and, um, and now we've been put in the, the Hall of Fame of FOBAP. Wow. Wow. And so that was, that was nice. That's incredible. Um, and, and so, you know, obviously we have a, been, you know, doing decent with our barrel age program. So what did, what did you win your uh, fourth medal for? What was uh, it was the, uh, one of Jesus' favorites. <laughs> brandy barrel aged uh, pumpkin. We got silver. So, I mean, that was, you know, we did a, did a nice job on, on that. Actually, so. we, uh, we just recently did an episode. We, we called it uh, A Walk Through Jesus' Pumpkin Patch, uh, and he was kind of turning us on to some of his favorite pumpkin beers. And uh, we did two different versions. I think it was the 2015 and the 2017 pumpkin spiced, uh, pumpkin spiced beer that you guys do in the Brandy Barrels. Yeah, the Imperial Pumpkin, that one you stepped up to over 10% alcohol. Yeah, I think All it right. went from yeah. 9.5 to like 13.5. Uh, can you speak to that, uh, that jump in alcohol on those? Yeah, well, it just turns like a little more barley and a little more honey in there. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so that's what happens. All right. Pro I, tip I, I think from the ten was probably a little bit higher than it really should have been, and mm-hmm. we—I think that was miscalculated. It was always higher. All right. All right. It's, um, All right. So these are the two um, imperial IPAs. Okay. So the first one was the uh, the 2012, and the then 12. the second was the 2013. 12 to me is giving me this kind of barley wine aroma. It's definitely where it went. Yeah, I'd say it's still. Still exceptionally tasty. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. very uh, tasty. Hops have obviously dropped off considerably. Yeah, I'm not getting the big hop nose that I once did in this beer. So it does show that um, the hops do you know, dissipate, but it, they uh, with any beer. But I don't think there was negative on this. Sometimes you get some other negative um, flavors with hops. I'll tell you what, I don't I don't detect a lot of difference between the 12 and 13. I don't think an extra year made much of a difference, but I will say, I think barley wine, Jim, was, was a good description. It, yeah, it's got it, some of the, those, yeah. those same the qualities. The malt in this is really coming through. Yeah, I know you get kind of the prune raisin flavor of that. Mm. Yeah, the, that's what I normally find with a lot Stone of aged fruits. beers. Yeah, a yeah, candy raisin kind of, kind of thing coming through. But I do remember these being really hoppy, uh, fresh, yeah. so... I think we can, though, still recommend that if you've got any of these somehow squirreled away, probably probably drink them up. Like, like two years ago. Yeah. I'm enjoying this here. Do you, do you very good. So do you notice a difference, Tim? I mean, um, there's, I mean, they are very similar. Um, one thing, I'm kind of noticing that the 13s look more carbonated. Yes. Is that what it is? There's a, like a, oh. Yeah, there's a little bite. Yeah, a little tingle. It, it does seem like the 2013, there is a, a just a slight more, a little more pronounced hop on the 2013. It's still, it's fallen off considerably, but more, less uh, less so than the 2012. And the recipe was identical, right? From yeah, from my has the uh, Has the recipe for the, uh, the stout remained identical over the years? They usually tweak it a little bit. I know this year, I think they put a little, somewhere, a couple were in rye barrels, too. We got mm. some rye barrels, so it's kind of like a blend between rye and rye bourbon. bourbon. But it's still going to be one kind of Black Friday beer, right? Or is it going yeah. to be multiple? Well, well, today, I mean, there's only going to be one one style. I mean, we blended everything we had together okay. that we did with every barrel. So you get every barrel's a little bit different, I think, in flavor that you get. And then you get the distillery. It makes it a little bit different. And oh, there's a lot of other little factors that, that go in there. Hmm. Did you want to try the next two now? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now we're moving on to the, <coughs> the new Imperial Stouts, aged in bourbon barrels. So is there any plans to do any like variations with adjuncts with these, or no? It's going to keep them pretty straightforward, bourbon barrel aged stouts. Right now it is. I know there's always talk about it and what we should be doing, and and um, it seems like the market's like heavily saturated with those types of stouts right now too, especially the pastry stouts. And we'll probably have a discussion this next year when we bring it out and what we want to try to change 
with the recipe. And it's been so successful. We do have a lot of people complimenting, oh, I don't change anything. Or they love it. And no, no matter which way you go, you're not going to win uh, on this for, to try to get public opinion. But I guess we should be the people setting the, uh, the bar anyway. I guess that's why I look at it. Yeah, there are not many just straight imperial stouts and bourbon barrels where you allowed barrel to shine through. And it's getting a little adjunct crazy. It is. It really it is. is. What did you see the other day? There's a waffle stout. <laughs> they put waffles in the in the mash. Okay, chicken and waffle stout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had the uh, the coffee and cakes from Hubbard and Hubbard's oh, yeah. Cave, and yeah. that's that's real heavy on the on the adjuncts. It's delicious. They're all delicious beers, but yeah, it's getting pretty far away from the original intent. There's something to be said with that. That barrel just shines through. I know we um, we even we thought about it one time for you know, the winter seasonal instead of like the, the winter spice that we would have the uh, a fruitcake one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and we'll, it would be one of those things where it's kitschy but it would sell but I'm not sure if that's really what you want. <laughs> Right, so the uh, the fourteen and the fifteen here. These are two of the beers that are going into the uh, the the blended yeah, beer that the you guys are beer doing this year, right? For the uh, special reserve. Yeah, I, I can still smell the bourbon. So the fifteen still a little hot. Yeah, I mean, the fourteen is just completely mellow. Mm-hmm. The smokiness of the barrel is just fantastic and shining through on it. Yeah, when we did that uh, that vertical, uh, our very first episode, I, I think we all agreed the twenty fourteen was the perfect example of. A barrel aging just completely blending into the beer after a few years of aging in the cellar. You guys actually had the 2014 leak out a couple barrels this year. You had one at uh, State Fair, right? Yeah, we we still got them. I mean, I'm still surprised where they squirrel these things away in the warehouse. I don't find out, but these these sales guys want to have some special tappings, and they they'll grab them and they'll squirrel it away under some sort of tarp or something that I don't know about. <laughs> but it's not bad. It's good to have it out there. And it, it does raise awareness, and um, that's the whole thing about beer. And the whole thing about aging beer is, is that, um, you, you know, you can do this. And it's uh, when, I, when I see a lot of small breweries, I think that, you know, this is a very profitable center to have them do, to have some big, special beer that they can have. And, and have every, I don't see any reason why people should not have a beer cellar. Everybody talks about wine cellars at home. Wine cellar there, and oh, I got this bottle of that, and, and you know, to me, this holds up to any bottle of wine, or even more enjoyable to me than than a lot of bottles of wine. And so, why not? Why not have it? You know, it's interesting you say that because the, during the whole year, we've learned that from you about the aging process, and even the the logo that you started kind of with yeah. mop craft with the. Uh-huh. But it's been very controversial. Different breweries that we've been to with like drink it now it's like why are you aging beer you know i don't have a cellar it's like it's just it's very unique i guess it's it's interesting to hear your thoughts now is that this is like a a wine you can age it it's an experiment right it is and and one of the things is is you know it does age in the bottles compared to where if you take like scotch and you got some 20 year old scotch it's not going to age after you take it out of the barrel it's not going to go but there's still you know like bacteria or not bacteria um, yeast that's in this bottle it's still going to you know, change the flavor. The flavors continue to change while it's in the bottle. And you know, to me, it, there's there's you know different opinions on when bottles you know peak of what different styles of what types. But but you know, I've had beers you know 20, 25 years old, and, and I, I still feel you know they're good and they're exceptionally tasty, and they do change and they do um, bring uh, have great great flavor to them. And it is uh, quite the science. It's not something that you can dial in and try this week and, and you know come up and you know try it a couple weeks in a row or a year in a row. This is 
this is like a lifetime dedication to something like this where you start brewing something and you really don't get the result until 10 years later and then you know if you really got the, the proper stuff and then you have to go back and it's like what did I do take notes go back and try changing it you know you look back at you know or look at somebody like in the, from Belgium where you know they age a lot of their beers and it's like well it's a couple years old before it really starts getting good and it's like where in the world did you ever you know take the time or have that or understand this and you just think about the process that's going on to dial that one in and that was, you know, to me, generations of people that have come and gone to, to make it that way. Yeah, just getting back to this beer here, uh, the head retention, the lacing on these glasses, the uh, the lacing on, on these beers is, is still amazing. Um, but to kind of wrap up the aging, it can age for too long on, on some beers, though, right? I mean, you can start to get too much astringency or that paper cardboard character. Yeah, well, you know, there's two major factors that go into deteriorating beer flavor. One's oxygen, the other one is, is uh, bacteria. Now some bacteria that are in there actually can improve it after a while. That's why a lot of Belgians improve after a certain period of time. But air is something that gives it the cardboard flavor. And if you have too much air in there, it's, it's going to be quite detrimental. And so, you know, we have a good bottling machine downstairs right now, very low air, so I don't think it's affecting that much. You know, if you, do, you do need some oxygen for the yeast to keep growing, keep activating in there, but but, you know, I'll pull out a couple of beers here. I think you'll be amazed, and I like to think, on, on the flavor, as old as they are, and how they've uh, improved through through the years. And I think you can go longer with these beers and, and have a great, great flavor. Because, you know, to me, I'm, I'm tasting these two, and it's, like I say, it's, if anything, better than, I think, the day that we bought. We sold them yeah, really, on these last two here. Yeah, you know, they really tend to mellow out those flavors to settle into the beer. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that we, we've definitely learned since we did that vertical in our very first episode of these beers. At that point, uh, the 2014, we thought, had been blended perfectly with the ba- with the barrel. And now we're trying that 2015, a year later, and, and it seems to be doing the exact same. That, that extra year of aging is, uh, the, the barrel's really, really speaking now. And, you know, we have talked about the uh, the blended beer that you guys are doing this year, the Triple X. And, you know, I... I don't want to take all the credit on the podcast for uh, for the idea to do the, the triple X, you know, because we did that vertical and maybe some of your brewers heard it. I don't want to take all the credit, but, uh, but just some, just some of the credit. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the uh, the bottling process. In that first interview, you talked about how you guys are kind of getting away from the bombers uh, because it's it's quite a process to switch over to doing the bombers from doing the uh, the canning that you guys are doing and the twelve ounce bottles. Was it an even uh, a bigger chore this year because of the the blended beers, or was that all pretty much done before the bottling line? Well, it, the main reason, to be honest with you, we got away from the twenty two ounces is twenty two ounces is not a great package. It has come and gone a couple times in my life in the brewing industry. Back in the 90s, it was all of a sudden hot at one time. And then people stopped buying them. And then somewhere around 2008, it came, or somewhere around then, it came back again. Everybody's buying bombers. Everybody started coming out with special bottles. We went back to making bombers. And then everybody, I think, flooded the market too much. And you saw so many liquor stores, and I went to them. And you saw the beer on the shelf, and you, you know the stuff. Some of the stuff was like half a year, year old. It, it just wasn't being taken. It looks, it looked real sexy in the store. It looked like it was, you know, the store knew what it was doing. It had all these great brands in here, but people just were not buying it. You know, the volume moves on 12 ounce, and so we went away from it a little bit, and then we started doing is going back to like the Black Friday. You know, that's a great example of where you can take it, you put it in the bottle, and it sells right away. And so those are the packages we're looking at. We actually ordered a, a, a bottle filler. I thought it'd be here right now from Germany, but 
we're going to have to borrow one to bottle up the 30th anniversary. And we have a special bottle made a different shape, and we're going to start filling them one at a time. And, and we're going to have different releases going on throughout the year. They probably won't be here. I'd like to try to have like a time selling at different stores around town at one time. I don't want to always have everything going on in our location. So anyway, we're going to be coming out with, with different special releases through, throughout the years. Usually, I think 750 cork bottles looking real nice. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Nice. Yeah. So we have different ones. So as we, as we wrap the Black Friday, then we can get straight into the 30th anniversary. Yeah. For the listeners at home who stood in line and have their, their Triple X Black Friday blend so, you know, squirreled away in their basement, what's, what's the blend of the actual years that's in the Triple X? I think it was 2015, 2000, or see, 14, 15, and 16. I thought it was three years. So, so it would have been three years, 14, 15, and 16. Yeah, what's the percentage? Oh, wait, I mean, I'm not sure. 14 was a... Uh, it would all have been the... the 14, no, it would be, yeah. 14, 15, 16. Yeah, 14, 15, 16 went in. And I think it was like two barrels of each. Okay. Yeah, so oh, wow. pretty so, even... Yeah. even uh, yeah. So, so there's no cheating on the, uh, well, we put a couple of drops of the 2014, <laughs> so technically. No. <laughs> awesome. No, I think they had that. And so we've actually uh, kept some barrels of this year aging for next year. So we didn't, all of a sudden, it's not going to be doing this. We think well, every year we'll have some sort of special nice. special beer now. But that's been aged or something like last year's aged for next year. I know before I talked about the fact that beer will still age in the bottle, and that's true. But it will also age in the barrel. Several years ago, or three, four years ago, we came out with a 22-ounce version of a uh, imperial uh, or barley wine uh, that was organic, uh, and we were we were like the three stooges in trying to get this thing label approved and out in the stores, and, and we ended up having it sit in the barrels for almost a year and a half, two years, and it really started picking up the barrel flavor, and so we made it again. It's sitting in barrels right now, but I really believe that we, you know, since we, we had the last one wait like a year and a half, two years, we got to let this one wait at least that long, or otherwise it won't be as worthy. So we are letting the beer age in the barrel again for that one, and that was that was an important beer because I remember we told our distributor we wanted to sell it for twenty dollars a barrel, and they thought we were crazy and said it was going to sell on the shelves forever, and ended up selling out in a day. <laughs> so. so Andy brought up a good point. Uh, he brought up a good question about the uh, the thirtieth anniversary. You guys have gone through a full rebranding this year since we last talked to you. Yes. Um, how have the early returns been? Uh, no, I've been great. Uh, Riverwest Stein. It, it, it's shot way up in sales after that. Uh, everybody loves the uh, the logo. It looks a little cleaner. I know people from the neighborhood uh, in, embrace it. It looks like a, something that they can use to try to uh, to brand the, the old neighborhood. Um, other ones that we've done uh, have done well. Uh, and so everything is, is up for us. Right now, locally, we're, we're up about 9% in town and state. That That's big in today's market for craft. Uh, so one big part of the rebranding has been uh, the move to cans. Um, yes. How is that, has that uh, been a boon for your sales? And, and how, how big a uh, chore was that to switch over some of your production line? Um, you know, it was, uh, it was a big boom. I think half our almost, uh, or at least a third, I would say, of our increase in, in sales have been because of, of the can. And the interesting thing, too, is especially this summer when we had the cans, that our regular 12 packs of bottles increased in sales. <laughs> and I thought there was going to be a cannibalization that, that occurred between the cans and the bottles. But the, um, the bottles even went up in sales when we did that. So they brought a lot more brand awareness to the River West. When, when we came out with the can, and of course we had it in the 16-ounce and in the 12-ounce. So uh, those were really um, big packages, and 
Uh, so we were quite happy with uh, about how that all went. Yeah, it's it's definitely helpful for the consumer. I mean, you can take it fishing with you. You can take yeah. it out on the disc golf course. You know, there, there's a lot of options with the cans that you don't necessarily have with the bottles. Yeah, and it really does keep it fresher, right? So um, if you find something, I don't know, say like a Surly coffee blender, it's been on the shelf for two years, and you buy it because you think, oh, hey, this is great. It's still got some freshness to it rather than if it's been in the bottle. Yeah, I mean, you get lower air. We talked about bacteria in air, and no, no brewers really have bacteria in their beer unless they're doing some sort of sour or something on that yeah. sort. But oxygen is usually lower in cans than it is in bottles yeah. a little bit. But, you, I mean, but usually anything under 200 parts per million, you can't really taste or doesn't really go in there. And most, like the bottling machines we have, we get air is around 50 to 60. With cans, you might get 30 to 50. And so it's, not, it's a little bit better, but it's not anything what I believe anybody can taste at this point you have the, the correct machinery. All right, I think this is a good time to take a little break, and then when we come back, we'll uh, talk about that beer. So we'll be right back. That's right. Welcome to a special interview segment of Beer News. We are here with Max from Eagle Park to talk about the recent announcement of the expansion into the old Like Mind space. So Max, uh, what has been some of the challenges with uh, acquiring this space? Um, basic things that ever <laughs> happens with real estate in general. Um, we had to get all of our contracts in line, which worked out really well. Uh, brought a new partner on, which has been amazing. Really the only things that were challenges for us is we're updating the back of the brewery a lot. So we're adding, I think, five new tanks out of the gates. We're adding a canning line. We're adding keg wash we're adding we're redoing all the glycol in the entire back of the house so um, doing a really big facelift for the brewery because um, we're gonna do a lot of our production all of the production this year in-house so Octopi is going to be going away for us. We're going to be able to expand our canning line to six brands by summer. So what what barrel system are you guys upgrading to in your own space now? So we're going to be on a seven, and we'll have six seven-barrel fermenters and uh, 315s out of the gate. So for our listeners, generalize a date of when the new space is going to be opening yeah. and where exactly you're going to be located. So uh, we're going to be open to the public second week of April. We have a full food menu as well. We hired our head chef, Nathan Heck, who is awesome. We will be ready to rock second week of April. We're uh, 823 East Hamilton, so we're on the lower east side, right a block off Brady, and uh, yeah, we're super psyched, ready to rock. So, will you be expanding any of your line and any special releases planned for the opening or this summer? Bunch of special releases planned. Jack's always got a lot of things up his sleeve. We're not going to announce any of the things we're doing right, right out of the gate yet until we open. We are expanding our barrel aging program this year, so we're going to have a lot of barrel aged beers cup, uh, pumping out this fall that we're really, really, really psyched. We have a really cool collaboration beer we're doing with Lakefront this summer. And yeah, we're just we're, we're really psyched to be able to expand upon the things that we've already done in the Lincoln warehouse now that we have more room we can do more production it's just going to allow jack to really kind of branch out and the biggest thing we're psyched about is we're going to have our own canning line and we, we, have a, we have a really awesome way that we're doing cans so we can do really small batch releases often so we're going to do a lot of special one-off can releases this summer um, on top of our core line so the, can, the special release cans well, those will be brewery only i'm assuming correct yeah
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. So speaking of special releases, every Immortal Soul release is changing the hop variety within the Immortal Soul. Can you tell our listeners how they can differentiate um, when they're buying at a retail location? So how we do it, this is brand new. We just Our website's getting updated this week, actually. There is a QR code on the back of every can. That QR code on the back of the can, if you scan it, or if you just go to our website either way, you can just go to eagleparkbrewing.com. There's going to be an Immortal Soul section, and each one of the six-packs are going to have a date code on it and it's going to show per date code package date what hops you're drinking so as long as you know on your six pack the date that it was canned it'll show on our website exactly what hops you're drinking so currently our Vic secret hop mortal soul is going to be coming out in uh, the next two weeks so that's going to be brand spanking new so we'll wrap up this little, little interview and say a big congratulations from us that's huge news and super exciting for you guys and everyone in the local brewing community uh, anything you want to say in closing to your fans who have uh, made this possible for their continued support over only a year. We just want to say thanks to people who enjoy craft beer in Milwaukee and who keep supporting local beers. Shout out to Explorium because that's where we're at right now. Mike Doble is a great friend of ours and he's done a lot to support us. So we support all of the other Milwaukee breweries and in return that's kind of what we're trying to build is a great community of great beer, great brewers, great fans and I think that's what's going to keep all of us going not just us and big things for us this summer. Got a lot of cool festivals planned for our parking lot. A lot of cool uh, outdoor events, outside music concerts. It's just, it's going to be a great summer for us, and we're really excited to start sharing these things with everyone. So, well, cheers, Max. Congratulations yeah, again. Cheers. Thank you, guys. That's right. All right. Thanks for the beer news. One of the greatest ever. Always informative. And uh, we're back here with Russ and the gang. So, so what are the plans for uh, Lakefront going into 2018? For the 30th anniversary of that whole uh, release, what, what kind of beers are you going to be releasing? That's going to be a, an Eisenbach. Uh, we have, so we uh, did uh, lower the temperature a little bit. You can only take so much out before you call it distillation of water. <laughs> and so we, we did what the uh, within government limits, but we still did. Uh, it is still a big beer. And so I know our anniversary parties that we have coming up on, we have two of them, one for the public coming Sunday, which I believe is the 28th, I think. Uh, whatever Sunday is, and uh, the third, no, uh, December third, is going to be uh, also one for our accounts that we have. Yes. Any uh, special events throughout the whole year, or is it going to be? Yeah, we'll be probably do some tappings throughout the the next because we turned thirty on the third, and so this this is going to be a whole year worth. Marketing department comes up with different stuff. We we'll have some party here, and oh, we're going to have another anniversary bottle. You know, we kicked up a bunch of the anniversary enough for you know different parties around the t- uh, different distributors that we have. We, sh- we should have some fun with this. It's been, to me, it's great. You know, 30 years in any industry where you have, that you've been part of, is, is uh, to me, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that we've been, been able to make it 30 years. It, it does say something. Everybody can come up, you know, with, with, you know, with the hot sound or hot taste right now. And, you know, if you're a music person, you can always live, or, you know, a couple years maybe with a band. But to go 30 is, is quite the, uh, to me, I, I'm, I'm happy I've been able to do that. All right, I think we got to move on back into some lakefront beer because you brought out something. I thought it was nice to bring out the Black Friday, but tell us about what we have in front of us here. Well, one style of beer that we've made probably for the longest progression every year has been our holiday spice. You think about right now making spices and beer isn't that much different, even though it is a special beer. But back in 1992, believe me, or 91, it was, you know, off the chart type of special and so we came out in our own place that was back we're brewing in you know the old uh, brew kettle and we started you know bottling up we had a one-head filler we got our labels printed at kinko's 
<laughs> not Kinko's FedEx, just Kinko's, and uh, put it on there. And we, you know, we started selling it around town. Same same recipe we've had for a long time and throughout the years. Uh, you know, I kept bottles of this, and so I have one that's 25 years old from 1992. I have one from 1995, I believe. Then I have another one from 2000. I have one from 1997, and I believe I'm not sure about 19. I'm not sure what year this is. 2010, I think, or something is, so, is what they are. So you're saying that we have a 25-year-old bottle? We have a 25-year-old bottle of beer. I know everybody looks at you know a 25-year-old bottle of beer and they think, well, can I choke this thing down? <laughs> and I, I guess I'm, I'm I'm betting on that one to actually be the best of them all. <laughs> I could be wrong. I know I did one of these before, and there were you know obviously some went south. And I got a feeling a couple of these could be south. They could all be bad. They could be the most fabulous thing we tasted. And the only way to find out is if we uh, drink, them. drink them. And I, I guess to me it just shows that if you can get some of these at this age tasting good, it does show you can age beer. People want to look at it. Or uh, taste especially it. a low ABV lager, too. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is, um, I think these are all over 8%. Oh, hey, that, that's one of the, uh, I think, stipulations of aging beers. It must be above 8%. We put a lot of honey in this beer. Okay. So I, I'm sure it's about like 10% alcohol. I, I would average, my, my guess would be in this. And for the listeners, if you're wondering what a Kinko's label, we'll have that up there. And that's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> it's, it's one color on green paper. So let's take a little bet here. We've got five bottles sitting in front of us. Uh, some may have gone really well. Some may have gone a little sideways. And uh, before we answer that question, let's just also mention that our cameraman today, that that bottle with the green label is actually older than he is. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. a 25-year-old bottle. And uh, Kevin, I believe you're, you're 24 years old. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm going to, I'll go with the oldest one. I think there's probably some good stuff in there. So if we put the over-under at three, how, how many bo- are you taking the over or the under on bottles oh, that have gone sideways? Oh, it's gone sideways? Yeah, sideways oh, bottles. Cool. I'll take under. Yeah, for sure. I have faith in Russ. Yeah. <laughs> Russ, these, these are yours. How, how confident are you in your, uh, your brewers? Uh, I would say <laughs> two bad, three good. All right. Okay. Jim, care to wager? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go on the high side here. Uh, price is right. Uh, four good one bad wow okay well why would you say that which one i'm gonna go with russ and saying the 92 because obviously older is better having a whole lot of good feels about this one the uh i think this is 95 (laughs) was that a bad Um, year for you jim bottle speaking to you (laughs) yeah i'm I'm, you know getting vibes he's using his divine rod right now frankly 95 was just a terrible year frankly Um, and I think the rest are still going to be pretty good. All right. Um, Andy, though Andy. we're old, old ones here. I mean, this is really just amazing. Andy, what do you think? I'd say about the same thing. I mean, two, two bad, three good. I'd yeah, yeah. I, I think three to two is, is about right. So what are we going to start with? Uh, Let's start with the uh, youngest. Say, yeah, the youngest, backwards. which is, I think, <laughs> I don't know, I think it was 2010, around there. And, and one of the things that, uh, as that Russ sound. opens here, um, you... And I believe still continue to uh, put brewing dates on your beers all the way back to, well, really 95. We do. The government gave us a hard time on that for a while. And then other brewers did it. And they didn't, they, for some reason, they didn't want dates on bottles. But so we took them off for a while. We didn't always have it on. We had it on the side of the cases. That's how I know. I guess I got, I didn't know how to pour these evenly, but so I'll. So what year did we say this was? Uh, I'm guessing 2000. Look at the cap of 2010. Okay, I, I've still got oh, all the spice. Yeah, all the spice still on the good, head. Man. Yeah, so that's a good sign. You can smell spice, spice, and nothing. Uh, yep, uh, still good carbonation. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. It's obviously low, right? We're going to yeah. expect low carbonation on all of these. But yeah. and, and so do you bottle condition all your beers? No, this this would have been um, carbonated. All these are, are carbonated okay. in the uh, in the tank. This one uh, here was carbonated in a in a half barrel in '92. So actually, we didn't have a bright tank back then, and so we pumped our beer into barrels and we bottled it out of the barrel. See, it definitely has lost some carbonation, but all of yeah. the spice flavor is there. It's still a very delicious beer. Um, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and and say this is a good one. You guys it's uh, a win. concur? Oh yeah, absolutely. This is that's um, a win. Uh, you see some signs of aging, but overall, it, it's definitely kept up. The spice is just so strong, still oh, yeah. on the nose. No, you're getting all that cinnamon. And, and, and there's that. no off flavors. I think that's the most important thing when we judge this is yeah. whether or not there's in an off flavor, whether there's bacterial infection or severe oxidation. And for this, there's there's none of that. Well, Russ, you said you use a lot of honey in the holiday spice yes. lager. Do, do you think the honey lends itself to better aging? I, I think it does. I mean, you look at meads as a good example. I think a lot of meads, a lot of times, are are aged over years, and, and then mm-hmm. you know, it's all honey in there. And so I, I don't think uh, it's detrimental. Well, I mean, honey has natural antibacterial properties to it. Go ahead. So it very well could, in fact, protect the beer with whatever magic that beer is whatever magic that bees uh, produce when they make honey. 2007 beer. Sounded yeah. good opening. Okay, so we went from seven-year-old beer to a 10-year-old beer. I, I, the way it's coming out, I, I still see some carbonation, so that's, a, that's definitely a good sign. Definitely a, a spice drop-off on this. Yeah, different smell, right? It's like mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm getting no spice but a big malt. Yeah, the spice isn't as pronounced, so some no, of those adjuncts have fallen really, off a bit. No, I, I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, um, how do you want to say it, uh, look at this, and if I was blind and tasting this, would I sit there and say this is a, a spice beer, or, or maybe a little bit, but nothing. I could tell something's in there, but I'm not sure if I could tell the spice. Yeah, I'm just getting malt, but again, no bacterial or off flavors. Just a, a touch of oxidation, as you would expect on a 10-year-old beer. It's weird to think that this is the same beers that we just had. Yeah. It's really different. It's, a, it's incredible, yeah. yeah. Throughout the years, we had, you know, different head brewers. Uh, maybe that's one thing I should point out here, because, you know, you got 25 years, we've had a lot of people working for us. And, and so, Luther uh, Paul, who's our head brewer right now, uh, he came on board around 2002. Uh, and so, these, uh, so this next beer right now was not, when he, he didn't brew this, he brewed probably those two. Yeah. I'll hmm. brew those. So this one was not. So who, who was your head brewer before Luther? There was a guy uh, out of <laughs> Pennsylvania <laughs> that, came, that came on in for a while, Guy Hagner. And he was um, a head brewer. And then there was a Dirk Konings uh, that was here. I'm trying to think before there. Gary Verstey was a uh, head brewer at one time. Um, I also had Mark May. All these guys ran old homebrew supply stores. And then there was myself and uh, my brother. So one time, you know, we did do all the brewing. Well, you've, so, you've educated a lot of the breweries around the Milwaukee area that are uh, open on their own today, haven't you? Yeah, there's um, several um, around town in, in, in Denver, Colin Ford's in Denver right now. Brewers at West Stallion, St. Francis, uh, Bavarian Brewhouse, um, all, all started their brewing careers here. 
Yeah, but by the way, don't give away free beer when the Packers suck. <laughs> so that's one thing that we always like to touch on on the podcast is, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about uh, football and coaching trees and who learned under who. And we'd like to talk about brewery trees and who uh-huh. who's learned under who. And, you know, the, the brewing tree for, uh, for Lakefront is pretty extensive. You have a lot of folks who have learned their craft here who have gone on to do a lot of other things. And it, that's pretty cool. Do you consider yourself a, a kind of a, a, a learn-as-you-go kind of brewery, a, a place where people can come and, and learn and then do their own thing? or, or do you Well, you like to think when you get an employee here, he'll stay here for the rest of his uh, career, and, and <laughs> I, I try to make it the best. But obviously in life, um, you know, life doesn't always tend to, towards that. And there's sometimes, you know, I can understand some people, you know, I quit John's Controls and went out to become my own boss. And, and sometimes people want to have their own, you know, say in things and, and not, not look at others. And, uh, but some other times I still think, you know, we have a lot of creativity here and, and we give, you know, people a lot of opportunity. Uh, and so, you know, I wish a lot of people well and they go on off and they, they do that or, or, or go off to a different place. And, and, you know, and I've gone to their place and they've been very nice to me. It's, it's always exceptionally pleasant um, uh, to run into somebody who's worked for you and, and give you a big hug afterwards and, and say, you know, thanks for, for what you've done for me. And, you know, I got a, a lot of people around uh, the country. I was on in, at the Great American Beer Festival, and I must have had, what, three or four people uh, come up to me, you know, shook my hand and said thank you for, you know, the time there. And, and so it's good. And, and you know, you, it's just brewing and in life. You can't, you can't expect everybody just to stay with you all the time. Do, do you think that uh, Lakefront Brewery has a bit of an advantage in that in that realm? The fact that you guys are a very innovative brewery, the fact that you guys are switching up your your recipes, the fact that you guys have 30 different beers on tap and you're always adding to that collection, plus the fact that you guys do the My Turn series and you let some of your employees do their own beer, do you think that it kind of edges out some of the, uh, the folks that are thinking about leaving might stay with you a little longer? I, I like to think so. I like to think that, uh, you know, we still have some, some warts here and, you know, how easy it is and you know maybe not have the best locker room or place you know a lunch room or, or you know or places you know to, to sit down or or not the cushiest offices but you know we have a lot of other things other breweries don't have you know i think we have really good brewing systems for cleaning and for working and and you know machines that we have here that are state-of-the-art in a lot of ways and, and I, I look at that as you know the education and that you can have or the creativity that we do here and, and we continue to you know to play with a lot of stuff and so I believe that if, you know we have employees here that they can still come up with you know a lot of fun fun different brews yeah, that's what we try doing uh, you know uh, one thing that's different about me compared to a lot of other breweries is that you know I, I own 100% so I have the focus on more on the employees than probably on the shareholders so many other breweries you know I'm sure they're under uh, the gun to try to prevent, you know, bring some sort of financial backing or, you know, let's do a beer that the shareholder wants or, you know, or talks about. And I've heard that from so many different presidents of breweries. And so that's one thing here. I think we're just a little more, I like to think we're more fun, have some more fun, do what we have here and to make, you know, beer good and make good beer. Awesome. So getting back to this is, I believe, 15 years old now. Uh, the 2005. Well, hang on, uh, Jim. Before we go there, let's uh, yeah. get the verdict on the 2010. I, I'm going to say good. Uh, you guys, uh, you guys, uh, in agreement. The 2010 was still a win. Yeah, the 2010 is uh, definitely, definitely a win. I'm gonna say solid, non-fail. Yeah. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wouldn't consider it the strongest. I mean, I didn't consider it. You know, that that spicy uh, in, in flavor. I know. And throughout the years, we made this beer. There was a lot of people that were saying. Uh, 
um, you know, it's too spicy, not spicy enough. And every year we kind of would change it and we kind of learn how to put the spices in. And, you know, just like we talked before about aging beers and like, you know, this is like a generation's process. It, 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 using spices is a very delicate thing to do and learn how to do it so you get the good flavor. And sometimes we were too much and too little. And, and I think that, you know, the last one was a little bit too little. But now, I mean, but we weren't thinking about, you know, we're going to drink this 10 years later. <laughs> let's, let's spice it for then. Well, you know, speaking of 10 years later or even 12 years later in this 2005, I'm actually getting less carbonation than the last one, but more spice. Are you guys oh, getting yeah. that same? Way more spice, way more yeah. Spice, yeah. Uh, you can definitely tell it's an older beer, um, but I think the spice blend on this, for whatever reason, really is retained. It's still perfect. That yeah. is a perfect no, I mean, This is speaking Christmas to me. I mean, when I think of Christmas, whatever's happening in this bottle. Yeah. Yeah. This one was really flat. I mean, like an old beer, you know, you would think. Well, it, I mean, it had some carbonation, but yeah, I mean, you look at this just let a few minutes later, all the remaining carbonation's gone. The nose isn't there, but that taste is intense. Yeah, it's, it's still it, spicy. It tastes like stockings yeah. over the over the chimney and uh, presents under the tree. This is this is oh. Christmas lager right here. Good. This was a win. Uncle in a bad sweater. All right, so we got three good wins at least. So like next two, can three wins. Yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> we got better than fifty percent already. <laughs> now this is the one you say had the bad girlfriend during the year or something. That, yeah. that's, that's my bad one. <laughs> no, ninety-five. I did not have a good girlfriend. Jim had his heart broken in ninety-five. <laughs> No, by, was, by beers yeah. and ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only good thing that came out in 95 was uh, Nuclear's IPA. That's but really specific. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're talking about uh, Christmas beer here that you guys make. Um, when we first interviewed you, interviewed you, uh, you had talked about possibly doing a box set for the holidays of the My Turn series. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but is that something that's still in the works? Oh, or? sure. Yeah, it's def- definitely on the radar. We can, uh, we'll, we'll think about it, and, and we'll see if we can do that. We just got to get our active. We got too many other things. So the rebranding and everything yeah. else with us was just... Um, been quite a quite a year yeah quite a year you wouldn't think that it would be um it's your 30th yeah, <laughs> yeah so so a lot happening so hopefully maybe next year we can try try that yeah we uh, we like that idea uh that you'd had about doing maybe a, a voting system on which uh which yeah. beers well, that, that folks wanted be, to bring be a back great from thing online to, to have everybody sits there and picks their Instead of me picking the favorite kid, <laughs> <laughs> which which is who again? <laughs> it's my brother. Yeah, no, it's um. <laughs> yeah, when is Jim's my turn coming up? Uh, well, it's River West Stein. <laughs> that was his original homebrew recipe, so he's I'm going to give that. He's to had him. thirty my turns yeah. out. Yeah, yeah the, he was an OG my turn. So how many years? This is twenty. Uh, this would I think be twenty two. Twenty two. This is nice. Super mellow. God damn it. So, yeah, like all the spice is gone. <laughs> no, but I, you get the spice. The thing about this, we have to get the spice, and you get yeah. the spice yeah, here. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. getting the spice. Uh, yeah, there's you still know, spice even left. more so than the 2010. Yeah. I think it might have just been the 2010 that the the spice yeah, on the recipe was. Spice yeah, the 2010 was. Just it kind of fell off. I don't know what what happened there. I don't know. <laughs> so you said it was actually a different bottling process for all these. Or yeah, well, we had different bottling machines. And so the first two we had were off a newer style Meyer filler that had a stainless steel bowl on it. Mm-hmm. And then the last two actually were off a brass bowl that had a, uh, a, a, cut, a coating on it. And, and, um, and so these things were not good. These came out of a soda plant and they were known mm-hmm. for a little bit higher air than we currently have. But this one, I, I mean, you think about it, 
you saw the yeast, and to me, I'm getting a little more wine or f- winey flavor in this one. Yeah, I, I don't know. For me, which I don't bad, but I don't think it's. Yeah, there, there's something just off. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to my girlfriend in 1995, just not quite right. <laughs> Jim's not gonna. <laughs> Jim's already sold. Like, it's he all her fault. Right? He doesn't <laughs> like this. So he's not gonna like it. I do like it. I just like the, the spice. That's what I'm looking for in these. Yeah. You know? I, I think I, this is here. I, I tend to agree with Jim. 95 was not a terrible year for me, but uh, this one, it, it, there is a little off. Uh, the spice is definitely there, but the beer underlying it is just a little off. Yeah. yeah just uh, something in the aftertaste again. This is a What was her name, Jim? What was her name? <laughs> uh, Lisa. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> But, uh, but honestly, I'm surprised that this one has carbonation at all. Uh, that, that's a surprising yeah, I fact. Mean, uh, uh, 20 I don't know who your uh, cap manufacturer is on these, but uh, they have held up. Yeah, they don't make them like this anymore. <laughs> getting a lot right. of like, nutmeggy flavors. Out of, out of all right, part. so here's, here's the, uh, the 25-year-old. Ooh, the crown jewel. <laughs> Kevin, already, Kevin already called dibs on the bottle. <laughs> I did. So, Russ, tell us. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, there was nothing there. So, Russ, tell us, uh, drinking some of these beers from, from ages that's, ago, that's does, it, uh, does it bring any memories to mind? Uh, can you tell us some, uh, some fun stories about uh, you know, brewing back in the day 20, 25 years ago? Well, yeah, I'll tell you one story I thought that was um, rather interesting. Is when I, I used to work for John's Controls. I actually worked the brewery and, and worked the, um, uh, at there for, for several years. It was until 1995 that I actually quit and went full-time, even though I had six employees working for me at, at that time. And I would travel around to a lot of small breweries. And, and um, past year, there was actually one brewery I went to called the Reinheitsgebot Brewery in Plano, Texas. There was something online about it. And I had taken a bunch of pictures of this brewery. And I went and um, uh, scanned them all and, and sent them to this historian in, in, um, uh, in, in Texas. And, and uh, we were amazed about what we all saw. And you looked at that, and it was like there was no piece of equipment in there that was bought from a brewery manufacturer. He manufactured everything there he um uh, made his own grain mill he made his own water ton he um looked at the uh uh you know uh, brew kettle and he, he took a little hot water heater and put it underneath there uh and so that's what it was back then if you wanted a piece of equipment you made it yourself so like the bowling machine that this was made off of i made myself it was one headed filler out of scraps i got from john's controls and, and so that's that's what kind of brewing was back then i don't know i gotta taste this <laughs> um this is a win for me uh, Andy, especially Andy. at 25. What do you think? I, I would say no. Ooh, yeah, you've been shaking really? your head no. since you first yeah, tried it. No, yeah. Not a fan of this one. You know, is anybody well, else picking up like like black licorice flavors on this one? Yeah, I mean, the, I'm not sure what your spice blend was on this, but I would say it's definitely anise. A lot of anise is coming through. The star anise, I would say specifically, that would give that kind of black licorice kind of flavor. I mean, it seems darker than the others. So I don't know if your malt uh, bill has changed at all throughout the years. I think we use the um, the same close to the same spices. I just think it's it's age of the spices and how it blends okay. with the, the beer. But we didn't put any anise in there. I'm, I'm sure that really? it was uh, clove might have had might have had the um, cinnamon nutmeg that, that you had on it. But um, but no, it's. I would expect it a lot worse almost for 25 years. I, I still think oh, yeah. this is. Um, I, I think I I almost like this one better than the last one. But um, my own personal. In the 95, I, th- I think the Lisa beer was, was bad. Was, um, <laughs> yeah, we all agree with that. <laughs> yeah, Russ. the Lisa beer, uh, it, it didn't hold up. This, it, I, I agree. I like this one better than the last one. Is there, is there any coriander in there? Could have been. I'm not sure what the brewer's all. 
I mean, I look back at that day. And it's 25 years ago. There's a lot of beers in between 92 and today. Do you want them to pull out the notebooks from 25 years ago? Probably could not, but I'm... That's the taste I was getting off of Probably could, but I won't. No, I think it's very good. You still get the spice, but it's not as intense. It's... What it, what amazes me is actually the lack of oxidation in this. Uh, yeah. I've had uh, some beers that have been uh, 10 plus years where the oxidation was, it was just completely oxidized. Oh, shit. Oh, okay, that, that pause, we're going to leave that in. That was a dramatic pause because Russ just went into the bucket of fun. Tell us, what did you bring out? <laughs> That's our first barley wine we ever made. So oh, I, I, I'm really trying shit. to figure out the uh, the year for this one. I'm not sure if this was like Can you this tell was done like 2000 or two, uh, 1997 or somewhere around there. I, I thought the real surprise was going to be the uh, the holiday spice beer vertical, but no, here we go. Now now it's getting real. It's only seven <laughs> ounces for what uh, six people. So um, now we figure out how to. To Sorry, give you this one. Um, no, uh, it's nice to know you, Kevin. Sorry, yeah, yeah Kevin. Uh, <laughs> uh, only those that have actually had beer <laughs> that's younger than them. I don't know if you're old enough yeah, for this beer. <laughs> no, wow. we're just kidding. Kevin's going to get some of this beer. We're all going to divide it up nicely. It's it's even in a different kind of bottle. I mean, completely yeah. different than anything I've seen from you guys. Well, back then it was, was kind of popular to do these like, little small bottles. That, that you would have. So yeah, we'll we'll post a These picture of this bottle on the site. But yeah, uh, describe it for us. What, uh, what it was a little champagne here. bottle. Uh, I mean, these were I guess mum champagne bottles. We were able to. I remember I forgot how much I paid per case for this and shipping to get in from California. But we got it, and uh, so it's a barley wine, and and uh, it was our first one we had. It was like something you sell for a couple bucks, and nobody had seen these things back in you know ninety seven or two thousand, whenever we did this thing, and. Uh, and at that time, barley wine was a rare style as well. Yeah, I mean, it was not obscure. Making it. All right, I'll try to specifically one ounce each. Saw yeah. this down in the basement. Yeah, just, just another uh, another example of you guys being on the cutting edge of brewing. I mean, barley wines before barley wines were popular. You know, imperial stout. You guys uh, trademarked the name Black Friday on a beer yeah. before anybody else did. Uh, first. Uh, first gluten-free beer in the country, second pumpkin beer in the country. You guys have always first been on organic. the edge. Yeah, first organic. So we did, yeah, we've done a lot of stuff, We're continuing doing things like the My Turn series. I thought that was kind of revolutionary. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Uh, no one, actually, even I think today is really doing oh, a... Oh, oh that was a floater. Whoa. <laughs> we should, the instruction was shake well, right? <laughs> Oh, right. I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So time to uh, ship out the other ones here. So what do you th- what do you think we're going to taste here? Should be a lot of good. <laughs> Hope it's good. Oh, okay. No. So uh, no. just uh, for the visual for our listeners, no, there was definitely sour. a chunk of something that that fell out of that bottle. Nope. Right that, away. Uh, right. Unfortunately, it's just the yeast having worked their magic over the years. Nope. Nope. Uh, something's gone. Right. Even at the uh, high ABV. So it's a little thin, and the uh, there's definitely carbonation. So those are good signs. Um, no, but yeah, it, it, it's on the sn- on the nose. Oh well. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, we were, well, yeah. <laughs> that's, 
That's the first really off one. I, I think there was maybe yep, one in vinegar. the holiday series that we didn't care for, the Lisa bottle. But, um, <laughs> yeah, this one, there's definitely a little something off on this one. And that's, you know, and that's the uh, that's the danger of the experimentation, right? You put yeah, things in your I mean, cellar. I, I, I wasn't drinking these last night, put it that way. So making sure to pull out something good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, ah, bring them out. Anything else in there? <laughs> no. The, oh, bucket is, uh, the bucket of fun is empty. we got to go back out inside and, and, oh, okay. and do that. So, uh, <laughs> We still got more other Black Friday other things here if you guys want to, uh, to taste any of these. But yeah, well, hey, this has been a lot of fun, and uh, Russ, we really appreciate you bringing us back and uh, and taking us sure. through your cellar. Uh, you know, I think we had way more wins than we had misses, and and for going twenty five years back uh, for our, our oldest bottle, that is really saying something. Yeah. I think it really speaks to the uh, the brewing method and the uh, the brewing expertise that you guys bring to every year of brewing. Yeah, if you went out a blind tasting and would have given to somebody, I, don't, I think a lot of these people will, or would have thought that was you know good beer or looked at or better than a lot of other ones that you yeah. know, right now. That's true. We, we bring a high bar to the tap table. Yeah. Yeah. I, hope so. I hope so. Well, it speaks volumes to how long you've been excelling at that high level. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm happy about how we've been, been continuing to go and, and look at it. And, and sometimes you miss and sometimes you really hit stuff out there in the industry. But... Um, but the fact that we're still here and the fact that we can still, you know, preach beer and, and make good beer and have a fun place for people to come in Milwaukee, it makes me, makes me feel real good. And I can't wait to see uh, what, a, what a win the, uh, the 2017 um, Black Friday beer is going to be. And to, to be able to try that, uh, that Triple X this Friday, yeah, should be fun. is that one actually going to be on tap as well? Or is no, it, uh, it's just only going to um, have the regular Black Friday uh, on tap. And uh, this year, we're going we're gonna to ha- try to limit it to one beer for everybody who comes. Okay. Uh, we have other beers on tap that can have more of. But hmm. I think last year, somebody... Some, few uh, drank too many of those uh, and one of those would be the tap takeover podcast because <laughs> we took our partition of the yeah. two black fridays so uh so is that the uh the wristband system this year that's going to be yeah we're going to wristband we're going to have one uh one tab is going to be for getting your bottles the other tab is going to be for getting a beer and so everybody gets a beer who comes in here wants to drink one and so you can come in here stand in line and, and have it and and then you can have some of our plenty of our other beer after that. Awesome, excellent. Well, I guess this is a good time to talk about the 2018 uh, Tap Tap Kilver. My turn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 uh, so no. Okay. Well, the- <laughs> yeah, we would. Uh, we'd love to do a beer with you sometime. Um, He's so quiet. Now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but for now, uh, it looks like we're out of beer at the moment. We're, we're maybe going to finish off some of these Black Fridays after uh, after we cut here, but we're out of beer, and that means we are out of podcast. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Russ. All right. Thank you for yeah, coming. Thank you are. Welcome anytime. Yeah, right. absolutely. Thank you, Russ, for having us, and uh, for me, for Alex. For Andy. Jesus. I'm Jim. Russ here. And that'll do it for another Taft Takeover podcast, another solid non-fail production. Oh.